You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 37. Are you raising a people pleaser? This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. You're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected. This is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hi, Mama. Welcome to the podcast. I hope you had a great holiday weekend. Some of you, many of you actually, probably spent the weekend with extended family. And I know that If you're not doing the work of coaching yourself and managing your mind and paying attention to your thoughts, it can feel draining and like soul sucking to spend time with extended family. If you're feeling that way coming off this holiday weekend, please sign up for your free mini session with me already. Did you know that spending time with family doesn't have to feel that way? You can actually feel at peace when spending time with your in-laws or your brothers and sisters, or your parents. I hear you. You're like, no, Pam, you really don't know my family. Just go sign up for your session, and we can chat about it together. Go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini and go get on my calendar now. So today, I want to talk about people-pleasing, what it is, why we do it, and even more specifically, how to raise your kids to not be people-pleasers. And when I say that, your first reaction might be, well, what's wrong with raising people pleasers? People pleasers are kind, generous, and helpful. Aren't those the kinds of kids I want to raise? Well, yes, we want our kids to be kind, generous, and helpful, but not when it comes at their own expense. While it may seem easier to have a child who's always agreeable, has a strong desire to be liked, and goes out of his or her way to please you, the long-term consequences of people-pleasing can be detrimental. So let's back up a minute and talk about what people-pleasing is. People-pleasing is basically trying to control what others think of you so that you can feel good by doing what you think will make them feel good. Do you see the problem with this? First of all, it's totally illogical. You are 100% responsible for your emotions and other people are 100% responsible for theirs. So pleasing others is an impossible task. And trying to please others isn't really about them feeling good. It's an attempt at controlling or manipulating them so that you can feel good. You with me? So let's say that your child's second grade teacher calls you up and says, hey, we're going on a class field trip to the science museum and we need a parent chaperone. Can I count on you to be there? And let's just suppose that the idea of sitting on a school bus and spending the day with a bunch of seven-year-olds isn't exactly your idea of a good time. It may be, and that's totally cool, but just go with me on this one. So you don't want to go, but you're worried about what the teacher will think of you if you say no, or that you might feel guilty about it. So you say, of course I'll do it. Now, the whole reason you've agreed to be a chaperone is so the teacher likes you, approves of you as a mom, and maybe favors your child a bit more. But the person she's liking isn't really you. 
It's a fake version of you. And maybe she does like that person. But then you have to keep showing up as this phony version of yourself and feeling inauthentic and resentful in an attempt to continue controlling how she feels about you, which you actually have no control over in the first place. It's crazy making. You simply can't make another person feel anything. Trying to please others is exhausting, and it can even become addictive. So the disease to please usually originates in childhood, because like I mentioned in last week's episode on emotional adulthood, we're taught as children to think of others before considering ourselves. Parents and teachers will say, always be nice. Don't be selfish. You need to share. And the one I find the most cringeworthy, don't hurt other people's feelings. When kids please their parents and teachers, they learn that life is easier and it feels good to get positive attention and praise. When they say no or try to assert themselves, they're often met with some kind of punishment or reprimand. Eventually, some kids learn to fear the conflict that arises when they don't do as they're told or when they express their opinions. Adults may shame a child for disobeying, label him as being bad, and blame him for making them angry, which you now know is a total lie. Henry David Thoreau said, I can't give you a surefire formula for success, but I can give you a formula for failure. Try to please everybody all the time. So many people-pleasing kids feel anxious a lot of the time because they're always trying to do what they imagine will make someone else happy. And when they can't seem to figure out what that is or their efforts fail, they can develop the belief that they're never enough. Sadly, they can become depressed, defiant, or both. I struggled with this in my own childhood. I believed that I was responsible for my parents' emotions, and so I tried desperately to make them happy and proud. My mentor and a self-proclaimed people-pleaser, Brooke Castillo, calls people-pleasers liars. And I know that sounds harsh, but when I wasn't being true to myself, I would end up lying about what I wanted, about what I'd done or how I felt to get my parents' approval. For example, my dad would ask me a simple question like, did you finish your homework? And I wouldn't want him to disapprove of me or to get angry when I told him the truth. So I would lie and tell him I'd done it. And that's just one example of many. Then, even as I got older, I kept looking outside myself for approval and changing how I presented myself to different people based on how I thought they'd like me the best, rather than approving of myself and showing up how I liked me best. This is what people-pleasing kids do to get approval. They go with the crowd. They give in to social pressures. They care more about what others think of them than about their own opinions of themselves. Instead of being direct and honest, they try to manipulate people to get what they want and to avoid conflict. They ignore their own needs and desires so often that they lose their sense of self. I always think about Julia Roberts' character, Maggie Carpenter, in the 1999 movie, The Runaway Bride. She was so much of a people pleaser, she didn't even know what kind of eggs she liked for breakfast because she always adjusted her tastes based on what her fiancé at the time preferred. 
People pleasers are afraid to speak their minds. Others take advantage of them because they tend to be pushovers. In his book, Anxious to Please, Craig English writes that in their closest relationships, they will accept coldness, abuse, and indifference for a few crumbs of affection. They have great difficulty turning down unreasonable requests and demands and will choose to do something they will later resent rather than risk conflict. Because of their intolerance of separateness, they will stay too long in relationships that are bad for them. Okay, do you really want your kid to be a people pleaser? Not so much. So what can you do? First and foremost, you must manage your own mind and strive to live in emotional adulthood by taking full responsibility for your feelings. I remember a couple of years ago, I was in a bad mood about something, and Marissa asked me, Mommy, why are you so angry? And I answered, because of a thought I'm thinking. (laughs) That was a moment I'll never forget. It was a moment of truth. Whatever had happened, I can't even remember now, was just a neutral circumstance. My thoughts about it made me feel angry. Second, teach your kids that they can't hurt anyone else's feelings and explain where feelings come from. Teach them that conflict and negative emotions are a natural, normal part of life and that people are entitled to their negative thoughts and feelings. It doesn't mean anything's gone wrong. Now, you might worry that upon hearing this, your child will think, well, if I'm not responsible for anyone else's feelings, then why should I care about being kind or having good manners? Why should I do my homework or my chores? And the answer to that is, the reason to do those things isn't because of how other people will feel, but because how you'll feel. Because being kind and loving and responsible feels amazing. And that's who you are when you're being the best version of yourself. And it also makes it easy for other people to have good thoughts and feelings when they're around you. Just because I know I can't make my boss upset doesn't mean I come into work late or slack off when I'm there. I show up on time every day and I do the best job I can do because that's who I am and that's who I want to be. Just because I don't particularly like someone's haircut doesn't mean I tell her my opinion because I know I can't hurt her feelings. I want to be the type of person who's kind and considerate, so I keep my opinion to myself. So when you notice your kids doing something kind or responsible, instead of saying, you make me so proud or you make me so happy, you can say, wow, I noticed that you just did that thing. And I think that was really responsible of you. What do you think about it? How did it make you feel when you did that? And shift the focus from how you feel about them to how they feel about themselves. Third, respect when your child says no. Now, I'm not suggesting that you become a doormat yourself. Just recognize and appreciate that your kids have needs and wants too. When they say no or assert themselves, Get curious, not furious. Be open to their ideas. Include them in some of your family decision-making and be willing to let go of control and give in to what they want every once in a while. Fourth, understand normal child development. Episode 34 touched on this a little bit. Little kids 
are actually supposed to be self-centered and preoccupied with what they want in any given moment. Instead of telling them to always put others first, recognize that they're not necessarily being selfish, they're being kids. You can teach them how to be empathetic and see another's point of view while helping them understand that their perspective is equally valid. Finally, open up a dialogue with them. Talk about what it means to be a people pleaser. Ask questions like, do you ever say yes when you want to say no? Is being nice the same as being a good friend? Do friends ever have conflict? Now I want you to think about you. Do you make choices based on how you think others will react? Are you often worried about disappointing or upsetting others? Do you say yes when you want to say no and then feel resentful? Go back and listen to episode 13 on how to say no if that's you. And if you identify as a people pleaser, I've got good news for you. People pleasing is a habit that can be broken. In order to break the habit, though, you have to practice letting go of the idea that you can make anyone else happy. And you have to be willing to let other people be unhappy. Of course, this is going to be challenging and uncomfortable at first, but growth always requires some discomfort. Once you start to change your thinking, you can expect people to be surprised and possibly upset by your shift in behavior. But remember that their feelings come from their thoughts, not from your actions. Over time, you'll be able to replace the habit of trying to make others happy with the habit of actually making yourself happy. And when you do that, you'll be able to demonstrate to your kids what it's like to show up as your best self, live in emotional adulthood, and do kind things for others, not because you want them to like you, but out of love and a genuine desire to help them because you want to like you. And that's the best feeling in the whole world. So that's what I have for you today, Mama. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Go sign up for your mini session and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you liked this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe too so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com.